without the supercomputers that we have today, we could not have developed the vaccines that we are using today for, for helping us cope with the COVID-19 epidemic. Right. And that's because there is uh, supercomputers and right. supercomputers need super chips. And that's what we do. Welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. Just sit back, relax and learn from the leaders of today. It's a journey. Each one is different, unique, inspiring. Let's get started. This episode is powered by JVentures, a community-driven VC fund in Silicon Valley, in partnership with Leomitech, sponsored by Homeward Ventures, Hippo Insurance, Upwest Labs, Synergy Global, Hillel at Stanford, Leap, Birthright Excel, Serona Partners, and in media partnership with C-Tech. Hello and welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. We're about to talk about chip design and semiconductors, and I'm really excited for this episode with Sandy Saper. ASIC Design Manager at Ready Group. Sandy Saper joined Ready in 2020 as ASIC and FPGA Design Manager. He brings over 20 years of experience in managing complex SOCs for wireless communications and automotive applications. His experience encompasses all aspects of the SOC development cycle from requirements, specifications, architecture design, verification, circuit, backend, and silicon validation. Sandy has a proven record of managing multidisciplinary development teams and execution of projects efficiently and effectively. Prior to joining Ready, Sandy was Director of Engineering at Verisense. Before that, he was R&D Department Manager at Freescale Semiconductors. Sandy holds a BSc in Electrical Engineering from the Technion Institute of Technology in Haifa, Israel. Um, talking about chip design, semiconductors, you know, engineering, at the end, um, designing the thing that the things that power, you know, consumer behavior uh, everywhere we go, um, kind of a black box for me until recently, and and I kind of fell in love with the with what's happening with chip design recently, um, and uh, and I'm really looking forward to hearing your personal experience, you know, your own curiosity and interest in the field and what it's actually like to design chips. Yeah, but before that, I'd love to hear a little bit about yourself, your, your career journey, and how you even got into chip design in the first place. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, well, I'm Sandy Saper. I've been 30 years in the uh, development of uh, chips. Uh, I Now I manage a, uh, a team, a hardware team, that uh, designs and develops chips for the semiconductor industry. Uh, I work at Ready which is a, a private company in Israel. We have uh, uh, 200 engineers in the company. Uh, half of the company is hardware under my, in my team, and the other half is uh, software under the software manager, which I'll get into later and to explain to you how important that is and the advantage that we bring uh, into the market that we have in under the same roof, hardware and software. Um, that's a good question. How did I get into that? I was always interested in, in electricity as a teenager. And um, when I signed up for the university, I said, okay, let's go into electricity. It seems that it was back in the, the, the 80s, mm-hmm. 1980s. And I said, that's where I want to be. I had no idea what chips were then. Uh, but during my studies, I started <laughs> to learn about electricity and uh, all the amazing things that it does and it started to learn about chip design and it just we clicked the two of us clicked me and chip design we clicked and ever since then i've been in uh developing chips uh 
from the start. And I've been in the, as I said, I've been in the... Uh, now, is this, I have to ask, the, the curiosity and the interest for electricity and chip design, what, did it stem from mainly the, you know, the academic side of things, the challenge side of things, or what, what did you understand about the, where, where the world was going and how, how big of a role this was going to play into society? This idea of chip design, what, what, what had more weight for you? Um, I was more into the, uh, listen to the academics and more into the uh, hands-on and do it, you know, you have an idea, get it done. And so mm-hmm. uh, uh, it's a good question, mm-hmm. Michael, because I really didn't think that uh, back then, <clears throat> as a, in my early 20s, where this was going to, uh, where it was really going. Back then, uh, the technologies were uh, in their infancy. Um, the chips that uh, were being done in those mm-hmm. times were very uh, simple compared to what is going on today. Um, <clears throat> but uh, I would say that I had the insights, maybe you could say, and this is the area I wanted to get to. And we started, you could see in the beginning, uh, when I'd finished the university, they already uh, low-end microcontrollers uh, for simple tasks and um, <clears throat> for computers just then the first laptops uh, the first uh, desktops uh, when the laptops back then the first desktops were being uh, produced uh, and uh, you could you could there was um, there's Murphy's law if you know Murphy's law means every year or two there's another <laughs> shrink yep. where you can get you can put you can combine more and more in, in one single chip. And uh, as we know, the development. I think that's, I think Moore's law, but I also right. love Moore's law. law. You're right, sir. You're right. Moore's law. Exactly. <laughs> You're correct. <laughs> Murphy's law is what happens to me every day when I leave the house. Yeah, that's correct. for sure, though. So it's Moore's law and it's been going on ever since, right? And we've been cramming more and more. And more and more functions in every chip, which has enabled us to get where we are today. Uh, and um, cramming more and more performance in a single uh, chip is more and more challenging for the design engineers, for the architects, and for the electronic engineers that have to meet that challenge. Okay? And... Uh, right. And and why is... So, Sandy, you know, very, in a very... Um, basic sense. Why is it critical to today's world? Why is chip design still relevant to what's happening today? Because we're, you know, I'm looking at, at you know, this magnificent device, you know, the iPhone or, or any, or, you know, my, my earphones, and I have these tiny, tiny chips that seem to be doing miraculous things. Why, what, what, what advancements <coughs> do oh, we still have to make? Artificial intelligence in is just design? starting now. Supercomputing is just starting, you know, it's, it, it's there. And uh, we work on chips that are serving the artificial intelligence and supercomputer markets, right? And uh, you meet artificial intelligence Mm -hmm. every day. Uh, Face recognition, voice recognition, for example, and supercomputing for for medical, okay? Without the supercomputers that we have today, we could not have developed the vaccines that we are using today for, for helping us 
cope with the COVID-19 epidemic. That's because there is uh, supercomputers and supercomputers need super chips. And that's what we do. Fantastic. Okay, tell me a little bit about Ready. About so what Ready about is, uh, is, like I said, a company that has hardware and software. And when you want to develop a, uh, a, a chip for the high-end market or even for the low-end market, you need to know, you come with requirements and we get, understand your requirements. And we have, a, a, there's a lot mm-hmm. of disciplines in, in uh, developing a chip. And it starts off with understanding your requirements to meet the performance that you need, to meet your price that you need, and to meet your power that you need, especially today on, in, the, uh, in the handsets and mobile. Power is critical. Uh, and so you, mm-hmm. we have to have a team that understands the mm-hmm. requirements and can execute on the performance that you need. And there are a lot of disciplines to make a, uh, to make a, a chip that meets the requirements. It starts off with the architecture. How do I put, how do I even put these, all these blocks together so that they will function uh, with each other? What's going to be in hardware and what is going to be in software is very critical. Hardware is uh, thousands of times faster than software. Um, And still, you want to be able to enable the software because software is what controls what we need, uh, et cetera. But there is always, there's always, uh, certain areas and features uh, that 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 uh, a customer needs that has to be in hardware, and that's where uh, we in uh, Ready uh, can can um, decide for you for the customer what what can be in hardware and what can be in software. We um, we understand what the performance that you need, and we do the partitioning and uh, calculate what has to be in hardware and what can also be in software. The more that's in software, the more versatile your solution can be, and but you won't meet your performance because a lot of it has to be in hardware. Okay, and then there's the so the architecture team decides how we're going to put this chip together, and to meet the performance, and works on it can work on it for depending on the complexity of the chip, between a month, three, four, five months, half a year, to make sure that we we are going to and uh, the, the end product is going to meet what you need. And then there's a design team, which have their expertise on how to design each actual block to meet the performance that you need, meet the frequency, meet the power, meet the, the throughput, bandwidth. We're talking about bandwidth, how much, how, how much speed I need to download and you need to hear me and it has to be real time. And then after the design works and has and finished the design, there needs to be fully verified, verified fully verified. So there's a uh, large, we have a good uh, and high quality verification team to make sure that you're, uh, that what we have designed is going to f- fully work and there are no bugs, zero bugs. We cannot allow bugs uh, in our um, in our chips. And I'll tell you that later, why, why it's so, so critical that it's fully verified. And then we have to change all the code that was written. We have to translate that into the physical chip, okay? And then there's a team, the team there that does the um, translation, what we call compile into the physical chip. And then we have to validate that the physical meets the requirements mainly of, of speed, the clock frequency, and the power. Um, 
And then after that, every stage that I'm telling you about it takes a few months, depending on the size of the chip. Smaller chips can take less time, but the larger chips, the ones for the uh, artificial intelligence and the future uh, take, uh, can take more time. Um, and then we have to validate that what we have done uh, is exact. And then we, then we ship it off to the factory. And when we ship something off to the factory, it costs millions of dollars. Millions of dollars, depending on the, on the uh, process. It costs millions of dollars to just get into the, and prepare the, the chip for the factory, for the fab. We call them fabs, okay? Um, <clears throat> so, yes, fabs. I heard about that term before. Are, uh, oh, yes. Now fabs I understand. Are very, are like the highest technology um, factories that they really have in the world. Super clean, super clean, super uh, um, high, high quality, very high quality. So here's the first thing. I cannot ship a chip that has a bug because it's going to cost me a million dollars to fix it. Millions, millions of dollars to fix it if I don't, if I don't do it correctly. Plus the schedule, the, the time it takes to fabricate a, a high-end chip in the fab can take three to four months. And you want to get there, uh, time to market is critical. So you will only, if, God forbid, you have a bug in your chip, you will only detect that when you get the silicon after four or five months. That's why it's critical that we have uh, uh, high quality teams that make sure that there are no bugs in the flow. And that's what we have at Ready, an excellent team that does the verification, the design, the architecture, and the final product. Yeah. And then <clears throat> after it's gone through all the stages in the factory, it needs to be packaged. And then we receive the chip and we validate that what we, uh, before we ship it to the customer, we validate that it meets all the performance uh, that we designed it for and uh, meeting the frequency, power uh, before we ship it to the customer. And that can also take a few weeks to validate that everything is perfect and that, God forbid, you don't have a field failure. I, I think it's incredible. And I can imagine how software, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm coming from the software world and, you know, I was taught, yeah, you know, if, if, you know as long as the bug is not, you know, is not huge, ship it, you know, get users to start using it and then roll an update in a few hours once you start getting some feedback, but there's no reason not to ship at least part of the features. But here you're saying the whole process is so lengthy and complicated and requires such, you know, such a detail and such orientation to detail that if you ship a bug, the, the cost of the time to market, the, the cost in dollars to revisit the stores to perhaps even recall things and to fix them is so grand that this is that that and and it sounds like the amount of detail that you're dealing with is an incredible amount i mean then these chips are meant to run the software right and are meant to integrate into our into our lives or into some complicated machinery and so i'm i'm imagining that if yeah. my if i thought my software was complicated and had bugs right. you know designing chips is yes. the code the just code a little is bit more very complicated that, right? to meet the requirements and that's why we have we need good skilled engineers high quality design high quality verification and uh, execution of translating it into into the hardware it's uh, very, you need a good high quality team 
and uh, and uh, managers to manage to manage that everything is uh, is in fitting each other. Everything comes on time. Everything is working together in good harmony to make sure that it's uh, uh, what we call till the end, till it works, till we ship it off to the to the factory. Right. So the day to day of a chip engineer and the chip designer, I come to work in the morning. What do you do? What is what does a chip designer do when That's they get to the question, office in the morning? Michael, uh, after having the first cup of coffee, <laughs> it's very, it's very interaction with your coworkers is very important <laughs> uh, to understand the requirements. And how do I implement them? How do I implement the requirements so that it's efficient and it will function and uh, there's minimum uh, chance of uh, of a bug? So the, the most, uh, the understanding, you go to your work, understand uh, what is the functionality that I have to implement uh, in this block or if it's a verification engineer, Uh, how am I going to efficiently test or verify that what the design engineer did and what the architect has defined that we have to do, how am I going to write the code that is going to verify that the design is really clean? And we have tools uh, that, that we use. Uh, the more experienced engineers know how to uh, effectively use these tools and uh, write the code of the verif- what we call verification. test patterns and a lot of automation is in the process we always think how uh, part of our uh, part of the engine engineers uh, job is also to see how can we do this more efficiently because as I told you before every generation gets more and more complicate complicated because we can put in more and more we can cram in more and more features and performance so we mm-hmm. always uh, we're always in the back of our mind thinking you How can I do this more efficiently next time? Or how can I do it even more efficiently now? And how do we, we develop tools, hand-on tools uh, that we use to develop, to develop, to improve the development, to improve how we do verification and much more and uh, more and more efficiently, which is very important since uh, the demand for resources is, is high and the more efficient you are, Also the the better it's the, the, the cost to develop is uh, is much more um, feasible and challenged and and uh, challenging <clears throat> so so f- revisiting the initial part of our conversation which we were talking about the the relevance of the field to today if we're looking at where the world is headed and you know I'm I'm looking at a lot of my my friends and people are very are very you know very very quickly quoting Mark Andreessen's uh, software is eating the world and you know obviously um, computer science is one of the most popular degrees uh, in in most universities where if as we're as we're you know transitioning to the future and where is where is semiconductors positioned with my generation with the younger generation as opposed to let's say software or other fields because honestly I don't hear enough or as much about semiconductors in my day-to-day as I would like to and just now I'm, I'm properly mm-hmm. getting exposed one basic to the, to the awesome basic, parts uh, of it. axiom is that software has to run on hardware 
Okay. That's the basics. I always tell that to my software colleagues. Without us, you couldn't develop anything. <laughs> uh, so w- where do I think it's going in the future? I think that we we are just going to have to um, uh, think about supercomputing and how do we uh, manage to... Uh, we, there's, there's a... Uh, upper border, how much can we really cram into one chip? And we need to think, also us as the chip designers, how do I uh, think of com- uh, supercomputing, in other words, uh, um, supporting multiple chips, okay? And that's started already. Multiple chips where, where we have to uh, distribute all the re- performance requirements, not only in one chip, but on a farm of chips, okay? And how we're going to do that in the future, communication between the chips is very critical, which is also being uh, worked on. And uh, that's the way I see it going forward. We are going to keep on developing chips, but because the demand is high, we now have to think about how we have more than one chip in the system, multiple chips in the system. How are they going to communicate with one another so that we can meet the higher demand for performance? Fantastic. And Sandy, I really want to thank you for the time and the effort and the energy. Uh, I learned a lot and uh, really enjoyed this conversation. So thank you very, very much for joining me. Um, best of luck with the, you know, everything that you're doing. And it sounds fascinating. And I can't wait to learn more about the field myself. And stay safe and stay healthy. Thank you very much. Thank you, Michael, for having me. And I'll be glad to come back whenever you want. 